0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for coffee and chaos.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Coffee and KOs—a really uh, special episode. We actually are recording way earlier to recap UFC 254, and we have a very special guest, the host of the Fight Bananas podcast, David Van Alken. Thank you for uh, joining us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. Love coming in. Uh, love it. I love coffee. I love KOs. So uh, I'm I'm there. I'm money. How, how are you drinking your coffee?
2: 7 uh I live in Daytona Beach Florida it's always ice at least once in the morning and then
0: around one thirty, two o'clock Listen
1: we live up we it's real cold for by us but uh we I still drink iced coffee I much prefer iced coffee rather than a uh, hot coffee so I'm right there with you 100% um but holy hell guys what a weekend amazing weekend of fights um so many debates so many discussions going on just Tons of stuff, um, and and we can you know we can start from the uh, beginning. First off, I want to give a shout out to uh, Miranda Maverick. That's our girl. She's been on the show before. Hell of a performance to start the to start her UFC career. Um, nasty, nasty elbow. Nasty, nasty finish. Awesome, awesome job by her. So super, super excited about that. Um, but from start to finish, you know, what was your overall takeaways from from this card? What what did you what did anything surprise you? Did you guys feel like was it, it was a hundred percent worth it for me? Like you know, sometimes you get those big pay per views. You know, you're like ah, I don't know. This card was everything that everyone expected. Absolutely amazing.
2: A hundred and ten percent. I'm a moment guy. Uh, I, I, there's only so much time. I have so many kids. We're all so busy. Uh, we got so much stuff to do. I am a moment guy. The last of the Mohicans. The movie's a little long. It's not that great, but that end scene's phenomenal. So I'm just a moment, dude. The moment at the end with Habib winning and how he won and him crying for his father. Every, uh, you know, man can relate to it sooner or later. And then retiring as this just John Elway, Michael Jordan type of moment. I still have goosebumps talking about it right now. It was incredible. Worth every penny. Saturday afternoon. Um yeah, it was absolutely. I got so much more, but we'd love your guys' takes as well.
3: No, I, I totally agree. I think, um, you know, you're obviously building up to that moment at the very end with Khabib and Gaethje, but you look at all the fights prior to that, and, you know, the Whitaker-Cannonair fight, that has a ton of implications. Uh, Volkov gets, like, a huge win, so now he's going to kind of move up a little bit. Uh, you have a couple of UFC UFC debut guys making a name for themselves. All um, so the- there's Hoss
0: yes. A
2: monster.
3: Exactly. That fight specifically was unbelievable, and we were kind of questioning why that was kind of tossed into this card to begin with, but I think we were looking for that like round one big finish. So I thought the whole card was awesome.
1: Yeah. But, then
2: go ahead. I was going to say real quick about halls. I got some guys inside the UFC from doing as much as I do it. I just uh, you get to talk with managers and agents and other fighters, and all week long, their guy was like. We know the main event's amazing. Watch, pause. Like, he is that special, special guy. I know he's got two losses. I'm not afraid of losses. It is what it is in the game, uh, especially him at a younger age. But I've heard he's championship material all over
1: Yeah, I mean, I watched his Contender Series fight, and it was absolutely electric. And then he just he rode that momentum from that fight straight to this fight. And uh, I know Malcoon doesn't have a ton of fights under his name, but obviously he's a seasoned guy. I mean, he, he trains with Whitaker regularly. He's a guy that Whitaker brings in to train with him. That means a lot. So for Hawes to come in and just absolutely work this man, like it wasn't even close. He didn't even break a sweat it was a couple, a little punch combo done fight was over. And he, I mean, he fell hard. Malkoon fell hard. He was out for a while, but we also can't forget the Ewan Kutelaba and fight. That beef finally comes to an end. And uh, we, we know who the, the better man is there. And it makes you question. Maybe Kutelaba was not, uh, maybe he was not faking it last time. He wasn't playing, you know, possum. Maybe he really was hurt. We didn't really know because it was a weird stoppage, but, he didn't have to worry about the stoppage this time. It was—I uh, think it was actually a little bit of a late stoppage, but uh, it was better for him because he was complaining how early the last stoppage was. So uh, that was ridiculous.
0: Right. Not,
2: yeah. The whole car was absolutely stacked. Uh, we have a uh, so underneath Viper Nas. We have multiple podcasts underneath our banner. One of our best podcasts is called Inside the Distance, all about MMA betting, predicting stuff of that nature. Those guys are on fire and uh, got me more into MMA betting as well just because of listening to him underneath our banner. I was really, really high on Robert Whitaker. I just think he's just one of those, in a way now, super underrated. Like the man, um, you know, nine out of his last ten, his loss was the second round to Izzy, who if we get into goat talk later, we will maybe bring up his name. And it's just like I think he's just overlooked right now. So I loved him a lot in the co-main Uh, A couple other fights, yeah, I had big money on Hawes. Hawes looked tremendous. And then kind of back to Gaethje and Habib, and I don't know if you guys, how many guys you talked or asked about that fight, I thought it was insane how many people were picking Justin Gaethje, not even about the money, about the plus 240 that he was at, just straight up, just who's going to win, Gaethje or Habib? More than 50% was picking Gaethje, and it blew my mind. I even tweeted that out that day. I thought it was, uh, you know, the guy's 20 he was 28 no for a reason like I just don't understand you always pick those guys there's there's reasons why they don't have a no
3: yeah I think I think when you look in hindsight with Whitaker that was a pick you know you can choose either guy even money and in hindsight that was you know one of the easier bets you're gonna see that's an ex-champ goes toe-to-toe with Yoel Romero you know loses to Izzy for other reasons I think you know he's coming back off the injury and whatnot but uh, a huge win off of Darren Till so he wasn't getting any love from the odds makers. So I think that was a great pick. Um, I had I had parlayed. I had Miranda, Lauren Murphy, and Khabib, and it paid like plus 125. And uh, I thought that was a, an absolute lock. Absolute yeah, lock. Lauren
2: Murphy's another one. She's been on the pod as well multiple times. Love us some Lauren Murphy. Uh, I, and I think she knew how close she was to the title, and she's talked a lot about it. I think she's been awesome post-fight. So she was not going to lose to that girl. Like, she she was no. not going down. And she was only a minus 200, 215 when the fight took off. So there's a lot of money to be won uh, Saturday.
1: I was really um, surprised by the Cannoneer-Whitaker line because Cannoneer, yeah, he's had a lot of finishes at that division, but he's also had a lot of struggles in his past, you know, fights at the other weight classes. And also he hasn't had – his stiffest competition was Hermanson at that division – or in that division – And I feel I feel like, you know, that was major disrespect to Rob Whitaker, who at 29 has accomplished so much more than most people in their late 30s in that in that sport. So definitely, um, I felt like that was super disrespectful to Whitaker. And obviously, he looked amazing. How do we see before we get to the the main event? How do we see a rematch? Because I think it's it's inevitable right now, a rematch between Izzy and Whitaker going because. I think, still think that Izzy is just—I don't think anyone poses a threat to him. I really don't. Even though I love Rob Whitaker, we always say on this show that there are levels to this game. And Izzy's level is like level 10, and Whitaker is close. But it's just the, Izzy's approach to the fights and the his fight style, I feel, does not match up with Whitaker unless Whitaker can— can utilize his wrestling against Izzy. That's that's my opinion. I want to know what you guys, how you guys feel about that.
2: Um, I love Robert Whitaker. Um, everything that he did for his, um, you know, his son. Um, and I'm just a huge Whitaker guy. He has no shot versus Izzy, none. Uh, and uh, you guys, uh, DM me about hey, we're gonna go through our top five. I literally just dropped a podcast. And I really, it's on everyone's show. Every show's doing it. Go, who's the greatest, top five. So I had to do one as well. And like I said, when we get into it, I think I'm going to surprise you with one. I think Izzy is on a whole nother level. Um, His recognition of length and stand-up, his technique, uh, I don't see anyone touching him right now. I think he's going to go to multiple weight classes. Uh, I just think he's on a whole nother level. I love me some Whitaker. He was a champ. Uh, he's going to have a hell of an MMA career, Hall of Fame, all of that. He doesn't get, he doesn't beat Izzy. He, he's not on that
3: level. See, I I tend to agree, and I'm like Izzy's biggest fan, so like I'll I'll pick him every time. But I, I do still think Whitaker. He he wasn't given a fair chance his first time around, just coming off the injury, and I think he just played that like super overly aggressive. And I think what we saw with him against Darren Till was he was able, you know, one of the better counter-strikers in the UFC. Um, You know, he was able to kind of get in and out when he needed to. He didn't get caught too many times outside of, like, maybe the first round. So I think if he plays it right in the middle where he's not overly aggressive and you obviously can't be complacent, kind of like what Paulo Costa did, if you find, like, that sweet middle ground. And then, you know, you mix in the fact that he has actually a great ground game. If he's able to somehow utilize that, I think that gives him a slight advantage as well. So I think... The rematch is going to be a very good, you know, that's going to happen, I assume. But that's going to be a very good rematch. So I give him a little bit of a chance. Not a lot, but he he can do it.
2: it I love Darren, too. Uh, I talk about MMA for a living. I love it. He gives us so much product. Uh, his social media game is amazing. But kind of back to what you're saying, he caught Whitaker in the first. Legitimately, yeah. uh, Till has lost three out of his last four. We talked, You guys talk about levels. I love the level game as well. Till is not even close to Israel's level. Just, I think they're two different galaxies. And to me, that fight was razor close in the fifth. Uh, two out of the three judges had Till win in the fight or tied until the fifth round. And if, if Till fought Izzy right now, I think all three of us go, Oh, Izzy TKO sometime early within the first 12, 14 minutes. Um. Like I said, I I, I love Whitaker. Um, uh, I will probably back him and all that. I just think he doesn't touch
1: He doesn't touch him. I think what's scary about Adesanya is that he's getting better. He's younger yeah. still, and he's still getting better. You know, he's he's new to the march, martial arts game. You know, kickboxing obviously he's ridiculous. His his record and all that stuff. The amount of fights, insane. But the MMA product is still getting better. He's still getting like his, and his takedown defense, a guy who's never wrestled a day in his life. He's proven to stuff takedowns. And I think that's what makes him so dangerous is because I mean, and and what's crazy about Adesanya's record already is he has fought the best of the best and he has beat the best of the best in that division to the point where he's basically cleaned it out. If he wanted to leave that division now move to a different one, no one would complain because he has cleaned it out. And when we talk about goats, that is something that's big for me is if a goat is someone who can clean out an entire division and there's no reason for them to even stay there. And so, although I don't have Izzy in my, in my top five yet, he is uh he is very, 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 very close to uh, goat status. In my opinion, I still think there's a little bit of unfinished business there only because I think that there's so much more to come from him. Um, but when it's all said and done, I would bet my life savings that he would be in the top five uh, in the world ever to ever do it. Um, so we can move to the main event now. And I will say, right hand, I was one of the dummies that had confidence in Justin Gaethje. And I think what it is, and and I'm a media guy, I read everything, okay? I read it all. Um, and Justin Gaethje is such a likable guy. And it's, it's one of those things where, you get caught up in the in the media, and you get caught up in the, is this going to be the guy? And then they hype it up, and they do such a damn good job hyping it up. And then on top of the fact, they bring in, oh, well, Gaethje can wrestle. And then you forget Dustin Poirier could wrestle. And what happened to Dustin Poirier? And and they just rope you into it. And I, I'm, I'm one of those gullible people that will fall for anything, and here I am. And uh, I, I'm not going to lie. In the back of my head, I'm like, there's no way Gaethje wins this fight. But then you replay, you play these scenarios in your head, and you're just like, wow, like the guy is one. He's he's one of the most durable, and and his chin is so good. And but then you're like, but this fight's never gonna stay on the feet, and it's never gonna get to that point. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, Khabib got it done and did it in the same dominating fashion that we've seen him throughout his whole entire career, and uh, it was amazing. And and like like you said the whole moment was absolutely amazing. The the UFC did a great job with the videos and and everything leading up to it. And, uh, you know, I couldn't be happier for Khabib. And I love Justin Gaethje for the way he handled the loss as well. Um, and and it, in a way it sucks because Khabib, I think had so much more left to offer, but at the same time, goat status destroyed everyone in the division. There's no one left aside from Tony. And we saw what happened, when Gaethje fought Tony, you know what I mean. So I don't see there being a different outcome in there. I don't know how you guys feel about that.
2: I uh, kind of just what you were saying about you were when you were picked Gagey. Um, I'm a show me guy. I just I've watched so much MMA. Uh, it goes in life. You know, you when you have to get picked up from the airport, you have that friend that you're going to call. And there's a lot of friends on your cell phone, but there's that one friend that you're going to call. I've watched so much Justin Gaethje. He has never showed me that he's a wrestler. I know what he did in the past. I've I've seen the accolades, and he was eight years old, and all that. I seen the videos of his mom and dad, and all that, which is awesome. It was the UFC embeds were great, but I've never seen inside an octagon, especially a UFC octagon, him wrestle. I just I thought that was the most overblown uh, storyline into this fight. He was going to try to stand with them, and Blake kick him to. You know, which was a good uh, aspect that he could have took advantage of it. But uh, like Habib's chin and Habib's legs are a machine, and he just kind of keeps walking through. His pace is the most underrated part of Khabib's game. His mentality, what he makes Justin Gaethje think about, because he thinks about uh, about wrestling the whole time. And he's not maybe throwing as good as he did against Tony, because he knew Tony wasn't going to do that. All that in one, I thought it was. Uh, I don't want to say an easy pick. But I thought uh, this was a easy, a good fight for Habib. Um, and then just with everything going on in the week, I of course I didn't know anything about the broken foot that we hear afterwards. But everything with his father, I just thought I loved Habib in this moment. Fight Island and uh, Abu Dhabi was kind of like his home away from home in a way. Um, this was just an easy fight, and the moment was unreal. Yeah, still just probably top three MMA moments of all time. I hope that really uh wait i might take that that might be a fight ass podcast uh you know we, a top five moment show so uh we'll, we'll take
1: it from there i think that's number one for me if i had to pick <laughs> my my moments i think it's number one i mean i think dc you got dc's uh double champ win when he beat when he beat mia Cic, that's up there for me i love that moment um th- that's a big one for me as well
2: how about connor knocking out jose
1: yeah, that, that was oh, yeah. another one. That was another one. I mean, I, I feel like any McGregor moment is like a moment that you could be like, I mean, even the Khabib McGregor, when Khabib beat McGregor, I mean, that was something. And then you have the whole saga after that. So, um, you know, there's a lot of great moments, but I think that one this past weekend will is one that will be talked about for many, many, many years to come. Um, and when it's all said and done, is Khabib the goat is he the number one if we reveal our list today is he number one on the list i have i have my top five and i have some honorable mentions in there um so i'll let i'll let you fellas um we'll start with number one on all of our lists so um steve you can take it take it away who's your number one you had to narrow it down to one guy number one top of your list
3: yep my it was it was a really hard list to make i feel like the top three is like usually pretty unanimous um but I had to go with John Jones as number one. I had to do it. He just has that ridiculous consecutive win streak. Um, he's never truly been beaten. Same thing as Khabib. You know, he had the the DQ loss like way back when. Um, but like you said, like he's cleaned out everyone in that division, the light heavyweight division, with just like absolute killers like Rampage Jackson, Rashad Evans, uh, Shogun, Belfort, Chael Sonnen, Gustafson, DC twice. Like he's Done it all and he's still you know, you got to defend your title. That was the biggest thing A lot of people like to throw in Connor and everything but you have to defend your title and that was huge for me Um, so I think Khabib was super close to where I was but I you know He doesn't have enough of the title defenses to to jump over John Jones for me
1: David
2: smart man smart man. It's it's John Jones Um, Out of all five spots. I think this was the easiest one to slot uh, yeah, the run's insane. Uh, I don't. Outside the octagon, there's a lot of stuff that he does I don't like. A lot of stuff. Um, we kind of don't talk about him a lot on the show because he does so much bonehead shit outside the octagon. Inside of it, he's just the greatest I've ever seen in the murderers row of light heavyweight. And uh, you know, and I don't know how far you guys go back, but I remember before Jones took it that belt was on her just revolving wheel it was like, Oh, it's going to be Machida's. And then it was uh, Rashad's. And then it was rampages. And then it was Chuck's. It was just a revolving door. Um, and then he beat Machida. Um, I mean, Shogun Rua in just 2011, like just think about that in a way, like it we're in a whole nother, um, with Habibs and Izzy's and Amanda Nunez's and Valentina's like guys like DJ's not here anymore. And GSP is not here anymore. Chuck's long gone. Uh, Gus is gone, Sutton's gone, Belfort's gone, Sugar's gone, Machita's in Bellator. It's like Jones is still on top of his game. And then, yeah, the last couple have been close, you know, but that's like like Tom Brady is like, oh, man, he lost three Super Bowls. Like he made it to die. It's like, it's like <laughs> you can nitpick. He's still winning through the judges. And these. I think the young guys are just – they're almost feel like they got nothing to lose. That's what I feel like. If, if I fought John Jones, like with Dominic Reyes and Santos and Anthony Smith, like to me, those guys aren't championship guys. They're just not. I feel like they're uh, stepping up to the moment, and I think they had three good fights against them, but still beat them all, and I think easily number one's John Jones. Easy.
1: Yeah, he's number one on my list too. If, if you talk about like other sports, there's that five-tool athlete, right? Like baseball, five-tool athlete. He is the five-tool athlete of MMA. There is not a hole in his game. Um, that you got the the title defense streak, um, and a lot of people forget. Almost all those guys that he beat early on were on some sort of supplement. And what you know, that's that's just the fact. Back then, testing was not as crazy. I listen. I'm a huge Joe Rogan guy. It, there's no there's no denying it. All those guys back then use some sort of supplement, competitive edge, whatever. And whether. Yes, yes, but listen, at the end of the day, his skill set is still the highest of any of those guys that he beat. And, uh, yeah, he's still my number one. And it, for me, it was really, really tough because I kind of like how DC put it. You know, yes, Jon Jones technically does not have a loss, but he made a mistake. How many mistakes has Khabib ever made in a fight? And it seems like none. Um. So I, I did like that point by DC – uh, which, after thinking about it, it did make it a little tough for me, but I still, th- you know, I still had to go with John Jones, one just based on the overall skill set. Um, but and when we move to number two, Khabib slides in at number two for me. Um, you know, it, it's, I'm a huge fan. I've never seen someone, he's almost, he's just as dominant as, as John Jones. You know, you basically go into the fight, you know what's going to happen. There's no, it's an easy way to predict it. You know that his wrestling is the greatest I've ever seen. Um, his, his will to get someone down and then just make a man look helpless. Like Dustin Poirier in that fight looks over in his corner and just nothing, there's nothing that they could say or do. And it's just, it's something that is incredible. Like when you can hold a man down and he's just not going to move and you know that you're just going to will him to lose. It's amazing. I, I don't know that I've seen someone just that that dominant in the wrestling game and you know honestly on the feet he didn't even look horrible against a, a probably a, a better striker in Gaethje he didn't even look bad um so yeah I mean he he's just and he's the toughest guy that I think that I've ever seen and we've never seen him face adversity in a fight I've never I mean maybe Michael Johnson that fight was pretty close ally Quinta had like a round or two that was pretty close but never real real adversity where we saw his back against against the fence and like oh my god khabib might lose like just straight domination of everyone he's ever fought um and in ways it's disappointing to me because i want to see him fight more but if there was ever going to be a time to retire it would be now and i i think this is a legitimate retirement i don't think we see him again i mean with the whole you know i, I was trying to explain to my dad because he doesn't really get it like he's like all these guys retire and come back it's a whole different scenario, you know. You got the whole, you got, you know. It's just a different. It's not like Conor McGregor retiring, coming back. This is a whole different, um, a whole different animal here, and uh, that's the last we'll see it could be. But yeah, he's my number two.
2: Um, Habib is on the list, not number two. And real quickly uh, about Habib, you said about striking. Is I don't think people realize that there's not there's so much more to striking than just striking or a jab. Like what Habib does striking with his pace. And his just uh, you know, his chin. No one thinks of defense or his chin as a striker, but he can literally walk right to Gagey, get right in the pocket, take one, and he knows he's gonna throw a jab jab and then he's gonna try to, you know, get him down. I think he's really, really underrated striking. There's just so much more of it. His knees are really fluid. Um, but Habib's gonna get there. Number two to me is G S P George St. Pierre, uh, an all timer, multiple weight class, and he's just got one of those things too, is like 2004 to two, 2013, all-timers. People forget about how great Matt Hughes was, and people really forget about that website, BJPenn.com, how great of a fighter he was. Uh, he, he went through the division two or three times, uh, and then to win a title a title in welterweight and middleweight, uh, this was close, but number two to me, GSP. Absolutely loved him. Stunned.
3: Yeah, I I had Khabib on mine as number two, but, you know, GSP was right there, and I wasn't sure how to weight, like, the multi-division champ just yet. Like, I didn't know where to put that into the mix, but just because Khabib is, you know, 29 pro fights, has never lost, I don't know if he's really ever even lost a round. You just talk about his pure domination. Um, And you just look at, like, the the list of people, like Conor McGregor, many people consider him one of the, the best to ever do it. Dustin Poirier right now, he's one of the best in the UFC. Same with Justin Gaethje. And they all suffer the same exact fate. Like how crazy is it when you go into a fight and you tell him, like, this is how it's going to go. And you, it still just goes that way because he just imposes his will on you. It, it's just what? insane what he's able to do. So to me, Khabib had enough to do it. So I give him uh, second on the list.
1: It's like a pitcher telling a hitter that you're going to throw a fastball right down the middle, and it doesn't matter. You just blow it past him every single time. Blows it right by you. It's yeah, it's, it's. I'm a
2: Yankee fan. Mariano Rivera has one pitch. Can't
1: hit it. Can't hit it. <laughs> I'm a Yankee fan as well, so we can. Uh, that's that's I'm a great. I'm a Red
3: Sox fan, so that's a problem here.
2: Oh man, let's talk off air. Let's 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 talk off air. <laughs>
0: um,
1: actually, I have GSP as number three for me. So, um, you know, I love GSP. Again, same thing completely dominates everyone he fights. I, I didn't put a ton of stock in the Michael Bisbing win because because it's GSP, like I knew GSP was gonna win that fight. And that's no that's no shot at Michael Bisbing. I love Michael Bisbing. He's one of my I listen to his show. I'm a huge fan of his. I love the guy. But he's nowhere near GSP and I think we all kind of knew how that fight was gonna go. GSP is an absolute legend. Um, I would have loved to see GSP versus Khabib. I think that would have been awesome. It was talked about, obviously. It's not going to happen. But, uh, yeah, GSP is three on my list, and I think for obvious reasons. I mean, it's GSP for a while there. GSP was probably number one up until John Jones really uh, took off and, and Khabib, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, GSP, without a doubt, go uh, number three on my list. All right, uh, my number
2: three, and this is where the fun debate will come in. And uh, maybe I have to jump back on the podcast with you guys and really go into it. My number three is Israel and Asanya. I have my head of Habib Nurmagomedov at number four. Um, and this is a couple reasons why. One, at the highest of highs, me watching Israel and Asanya, I, I, I want to see that him versus Bones fight. To me, there's nothing better. I've, I've seen so much mixed martial arts in my day. And what he does to the best strikers in the world, how he just neutralizes them, and he uses length. He uses striking. Um, and then one thing you said about I almost use as a plus about Habib Nurmagomedov and how dominant he was, and and that's great. And that's a and that's a plus towards plus uh, Habib. I love what Izzy. I love I. I've seen him in wars. I I've seen him in uh, in the street fight in a crazy brawl, and him still come up on top. And he looked even better in that fifth round against Gas. And then this is my, uh, you know, I don't take a lot of notes. I'm more of a heart guy. But so Habib's got 13 fights in the UFC, all one of them all. Izzy's only got nine. To me, that's not crazy far off. Like everyone thinks like Habib's got so much more time in that cage than Izzy. It's it's closer to what people think. And then I hear, and I went back and forth with a couple guys. So that three fight, you mentioned it, Gaethje, Dustin, and Connor. Amazing three fight streak. Like it's an all-timer but people. You add those up. 68 and 10. That's 87.2%. That's awesome. That, that's an all-timer. But Izzy's last three, Costa, UL, and Bobby Knuckles, 56 and 8. That's an 87.5%. That's higher than Habib's. Like, I think people haven't realized what great of a run Izzy just did. Uh, and just me watching it, I'm like, oh, that's the best I've ever seen inside that octagon. I got Habib fourth, and that's no slight. He's the greatest. Lightweight fighter ever above favor above uh, Demetrius Johnson above Cruz above any of those uh, guys uh, But is he to me number three? That's my shock
3: Wow, no, I and I don't even have a knock on that too because I mean he's undefeated as well He has this probably the smartest fight IQ of anyone we've seen and uh, his striking is just on a whole nother level But I had GSP at number three. I'm more of a, a new age era guy so I don't know like the whole legend behind GSP uh, I know with the multi-champ status, that's obviously huge. He has a ton of wins. He's one of the most winningest fighters in the UFC. Um, so I do give it to GSP, and and I wish you know we were able to see Khabib versus GSP to kind of settle the debate. I know GSP is a little bit older at this point, but that would have been really awesome. But I don't think it's going to happen.
2: In the weight class, like I've always I've always kind of scuffed at that fight, and I knew how big it would have been. The poster would have been pretty iconic. Uh, you could literally just put a picture of a goat and those two guys, and I get it. But like GSP was 170, and then his last fight was 185. Like he was getting bigger. It happens to us all. We're we're all guys. We get older. We get bigger. Uh, Habib was been 155, and he always said he never wanted to go to 170, like ever. Like he he wasn't a part of that multiple weight class title. He liked lightweight. His father liked his lightweight. Him at 170 is really really small, really short. Uh, his length is gone. I think pretty, imagine like him versus Wonderboy. And you guys be like, what? Like Wonderboy with <laughs> Khabib apart at 170, just how long he is. Um, so I just never really saw that fight happening. I, don't, I never saw GSP going down to 155. So, um, but not yet. Dude, I'm telling you, look up GSP in those 2002, 2005 years. Because sometimes the best work is even getting to the title. He was going through like legends, like with BJ Penn and Matt Hughes. Like uh, he beat guys like John Fitch um, multiple times, Jake Shields, Dan Hardy, Tiago Alves. Uh, he had a hell of a run. Like he, he's an all timer. All
1: right, I'll round out the rest of mine, so I know that you're on kind of like a time crunch. Don't want to keep you too too long. Um, so my last two, I had Amanda Nunes. Actually, four for me, Amanda Nunes. Um, I just, I don't know that we're going to see another female, you know, it was kind of Cyborg before Nunez. like Cyborg was that girl that just was the the most imposing figure in, in the women's divisions and just scary. And we saw what Amanda Nunes did to her. And then I think in her fight against Jermaine Durand me, we kind of saw, okay, Amanda Nunes can actually do this on the ground too. She can implement her wrestling, which I think a lot of people forgot. She's a woman that I mean, I know that the women's divisions are still rising. There still isn't all the talent that there is in the men's, but she has run through every female. And I even think if you were to fast forward 10 years down the road and insert Amanda Nunes now – Ten years from now, I think she still is is an imposing, dominant figure in the women's division because she is just she's super well-rounded, which people forget, and her boxing is just amazing. She's a very, very good fighter. I've always loved Amanda Nunes. She, you know, Ronda Rousey had that legend. She, she, uh, she took that, and she actually, you know, she is the legend. Ronda Rousey was kind of like the pioneer, but she obviously was a one-dimensional fighter. Amanda Nunes is. The total package as a female fighter, so she's my number four, and I actually had Triple C Henry Cejudo yeah. as my five. He's my five. um It was tough because I'm a huge Mighty Mouse guy. I've loved Demetrius Johnson, but my thing is I love fighters that come back and avenge losses. And Henry Cejudo, he had his loss to Demetrius Johnson, and people forget Henry Cejudo was late to the MMA game. He was obviously in the Olympics. He's a little bit late to the MMA game. You know, he kind of started to turn it on here the last five years, four years, and really find himself as a mixed martial artist. And, uh, you know, he venged his loss to Demetrius Johnson. Demetrius Johnson has a couple more losses than Cejudo, and I believe he's lost to Dominic Cruz. Um, Cejudo destroyed Dominic Cruz. I know it was a long layoff for Cruz, but he beat him. Um, So I'm a huge Cejudo guy. I hate his shtick. I hate hate the triple C gimmick. But inside the octagon, I don't know that I've seen anyone as as you know he's he's just amazing. He's so fun to watch. I get super excited in all his fights. The little guys are always exciting, and I love the Volkanovski matchup. I so bad want that to happen. We talked about it on our other show. He doesn't match up well with any of the other guys in that division, but he matches up well with Volkanovski because of the height. Um. So yeah, he was my he was my number five, and my honorable mentions were Anderson Silva. Demetrius Johnson, Daniel Cormier, and Adesanya. I put an asterisk because I think when it's all said and done, he's gonna be on that list. It's just I think he just needs a little. If, if listen, I'm waiting for the John Jones fight. After he beats John Jones, he's gonna move up there. John Jones, maybe he. Who knows? I think it's an intriguing matchup. So, but yeah, Adesanya's gonna be on that list down the road. I uh,
2: love it. Uh, you guys are absolute money. You guys, uh, I would love to come back, have multiple shows. Love it um no triple c he was one of my honorable mentions my number five was amanda nunez 100 agree the one thing i uh, out of all these guys we just mentioned habib and izzy and gsp and jones we didn't mention any other you know guys that they beat in this top five top seven realm amanda nunez if you do the top mount rushmore females i do it all the time mount rushmore's list. like mount rushmore females it's uh ronda rousey oh amanda a beater Okay, you can throw in Cyborg. Oh, Amanda beat her. Uh, you can throw in um, Misha Tate. Oh, she beat her. Valentina, she beat her twice. Amanda Nunez, to me, easily uh, the greatest female ever. I, I kind of want to move her up, but I didn't. Uh, uh, Habib is so um, new and it's so vulgar. Like, I almost wanted to have put Amanda 5 and Habib. Uh, I mean, Amanda 4 and Habib 5. Couldn't do it. Man Spy, like my honorable mentions, one name that we haven't mentioned yet, I'm surprised, he's actually six, Anderson the Spider Silva. Same kind of thing, um, you know, eight years ago, he was Israel Adesanya. Like, he was insane, phenomenal, couldn't be touched. He went back-to-back weight classes, middleweights twice he ran through. Uh, he beat a murderer's row as well. Anderson Silva, easily all-timer, and it's kind of eerie that him and Habib are literally retiring one week from each other. Uh, I had D.C., D.J., Triple C, and uh, another last one, my number 10th guy, is Stipe Miocic. I'm um, a sucker for heavyweights. To me, he's the greatest heavyweight ever, being in D.C. twice, being in Francis Nagano, uh, beat multiple hiring guys like that. So, uh, you know, you has got to be Francis and maybe Jones to get in this list of top five. But Stipe's close up there, and there's uh, those are the goats.
3: Yeah, I uh, I had four as well with Namanda Nunez. I feel like uh, you talk about title defenses. She won two different division belts and then defended both of them. So that I think she was the first fighter to ever do that. So that's obviously huge. So number five, I guess I was the only guy who had Anderson Silva. But I mean, right. you look at it, you look at his last eight fights. He's he's lost every one except one. Um, but prior to that, it was the 16 fight win streak. So he was one of the first to ever do that, like, really long, huge win streak, uh, defend his title a bunch of times. He has the most title defenses with 10. Um, so I, I didn't get to watch him in his prime, which, which kind of stinks. He didn't get finished by Izzy either, which has got to hold some weight to it too, right? <laughs> um, but, no, I had him at number five, and then I had Mighty Mouse. I, I throw Connor in there for, for different reasons, just because he kind of changed the sport, but I also had Triple C because Triple C's the man, dude. He's he's great. He yeah. is
2: no. It, it we're nitpicking like they're all so great all the people guys and girls we just said uh you kind of nitpick when you get to the very top and there's just something to me about just the watchability just to watch like in my eyes uh like triple c he's so great but like you know Marlon Morales beat him in the first round like uh, they were very equal in that first round when i watched izzy like costa wasn't close to him he was this undefeated murderer and they were like, it was it was the JV team versus the varsity team. Um, and, you know, defeating Bobby Knuckles in the second round, massive knockout. I just, he, he's just, I think he's my guy. I think I'm going to uh, hunker down with Izzy and uh, number three. And he can, he has the shot of going all the way to the top at number one.
1: I think what killed Anderson Silva for me, before we let you go, is he fought too long. These, these, yeah. the last, the last six yeah. fights, in ways, they tarnish your career a little bit. Because people at the end of the day are going to look at records. I know it's stupid, but they're going to look at records. He fought he fight too long. I think he's dropped like f- five fights in his, of his last six or four, something like that. So he's lost a ridiculous amount of fights, and th- I think that's kind of what has, has tarnished his career a little bit. Um, hey, but David, we really appreciate you coming on, man. We really love the collab again. It was a lot of fun. Um, we could talk more goat talk next time. Maybe by then. Maybe something shifts a little bit. We'll see what happens with Izzy and everything else. But, uh, guys, make sure you check out Fight Bananas podcast and all their podcasts that are uh, associated. And uh, we'd love to have you back on, man. Thanks again.
2: Absolutely, man. You guys can have me anytime. Uh, Hit me up, DM me, call me anytime you guys want. Loved it. Loved the show. I love coffees. I love knockouts.
1: So uh, I'm in anytime you guys want. Awesome, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Enjoy the sunny weather in Florida.
2: Every day, <laughs> 85 degrees. I'm sweating in here.
1: <laughs> Take it easy.
3: Later, bro. Thank you. Have a good one. You too, my man.
1: All right, and that was David Van Alken from uh, the Fight Bananas podcast. Hell of a hell of a recap, man. That was probably the best recap I think we've done uh, in some time. Just an amazing card. At the end of the day, I did want to say. Um, Anderson Silva was on my list. I did have him on there. I don't know if you heard it, but I did have him on my list as an honorable mention.
3: Yeah, that that one was. Uh, I don't know. I feel like when you talk goat, like that's usually like the the top five, like the top four. Usually, it's like Jones, GSP, Silva, and now you got to toss in Khabib. But I don't know. I, I do like the Izzy pick though. That's sneaky. He's a little early in his career, but I mean, the guy is just as good as anyone has ever been.
1: He he makes a good point though that you know, Izzy really does have almost as many fights as Khabib. It's not that much of a difference because Adesanya early on has been very, very active in his career. Khabib fights, what, once a year? So, I right. mean, it is it is hard to believe because Khabib's been in the organization much longer, but he's not nearly as active either. So um, that is something for sure that he, he kind of brought to my attention that, you know, in ways I kind of got caught in that trap as well. But, yeah, 254, great card, going to live on as one of the better cards, I think. You know, as far as you had, like you said, Volkov, that fight had major implications because Volkov has kind of inserted himself back in the heavyweight talk. Um, You had Hawes, who now, you know, people are going to be looking out for him because that was incredible. Lauren Murphy, bro, throw some respect on that name. Come on. The girl, did you see her post-fight rants?
3: I didn't see her. Prof- no, I did not see it. What, she, she,
1: she's, say? she's, she's fuming and I, I totally get it. She's, she's basically mad because, um, they're just overlooking her. Like she, she's, she's been on fire. Okay. She's fought every, almost all her fighters minus this one that she's fought, have been ranked. She's beaten them all. She hasn't lost. I think in her last since 2018, I think was her last loss. She, she's been, um, she, Who's fighting for the title next against? Uh, is it is it against Shevchenko? Is that um, Pena?
3: Oh uh, no, not Pena. I think I have it. Not right Juliana Pena.
1: Um, Maya Jennifer Maya.
3: Oh yeah yeah. Maya. And Jennifer
1: Maya hasn't made weight two times. She's also she's also lost two fights recently or something like that. And Laura Murphy here hasn't lost since 2018 and hasn't gotten a title shot. So she was fuming. She was throwing uh, tons of shade. And I love it because, you know, I that's, think that that's what you have to do.
3: That's a garbage fight. When we talked about it uh, before on the last show, we we were talking about the the prior fights that her opponent had been in, and it was against literally people who have never fought before in a pro level. So you give her just a UFC debut person. She goes out there, destroys her. I, I'm not surprised that she's angry. I mean, you got to show her some respect at some point. Uh, but she's, she's still sitting at number five, so – I don't know. Maybe Chukagan could be next for her, or I don't know what they're gonna kinda of play around with there.
1: Yeah, she she was talking a bunch of trash, but I like good trash though. I totally uh I totally like understand where she's coming from. Like and, and it's it's sad, but uh I hope she gets a shot soon because she is getting older too. And I love Laura Murphy. Like she she's she's a warrior, dude. She's awesome. I yeah. love her and uh she put on a hell of a performance over the weekend as well. So, um, was there any other last um takeaways from that you had from 254 that you wanted to that you wanted to touch on, or or are you good?
3: Um, the ones that we touched upon, I thought were pretty good. I think one of the bigger ones was Whitaker. just talking about how incredible he's been in his last few fights. Um, how he's been the ex champ. He's beaten Joel Romero twice. I know he lost to Izzy, but uh, Whitaker is one of the best in the UFC right now. He definitely needs to get that title shot next. And um, I, I, I want to pull for him against Izzy. It's really hard because I love Izzy. He's my guy. But Whitaker is such a nice guy too. And he's really just an unbelievable mixed martial artist. So I think uh, his performance definitely stood out.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, Robert Whitaker is just an absolute G. He's a freaking G. Um, I love – I just love the way – I think if I had to pick a fighter to ha- – like the guy that I love that handles themselves the best, like win or lose – Handle like the pre-fight, post-fight. It's between him and Justin Gaethje. Like those two guys, the way that they handle a win and the way they handle losses are great. Um, and and I love people. Again, and I always say this, but people forget Rob Whitaker is a well-rounded fighter. Like not only and one, I want to give a shout out to Jared Cannonier. One, he took the fight to Whitaker at the end. I think I think he waited too long to kind of push the pace. And Kananir was, was really landing those leg kicks to effect, but he waited too long. Like you saw at the end, like he had Whitaker hurt a couple times towards the end of that fight. Um, but it was just too late. And uh, I can't, so a shout out to him because, you know, he was out. Like <laughs> when he got knocked down, that was incredible. Like for him to recover and and then put like put a hurt in on, on Whitaker at the end of the, that fight was incredible. I, I was
3: thinking the same exact thing. I think maybe maybe he was a little confused and thought it was a five-round fight because I feel like that's such a good strategy to use in a longer five-round fight. But you do it in only three rounds. Well, you lost the first round probably. And then you kind of have to – you know, I thought he lost the second round as well. So then you have to turn it around. At that point, it's too late. So he was doing a very good job with the uh, effective leg kicks. But, yeah, like you said, it was just too little too late. But, man, that was insane just – on the ground, even he he could have got submitted at one point. He gets back up, and you know he has the power. So eventually, he lands a few shots. Whitaker stumbles a little bit, and I was like, "Wow, is he really gonna like steal this from Whitaker right now?" Whitaker plays it smart, goes into the clinch, game over. But yeah, man, air is dangerous no matter what. But uh, Whitaker still, it's like Izzy one, Whitaker one a. I,
1: I wish Cananier would have fought at that weight class or like from his the beginning. You know, he's he wasted so much time at heavyweight and light heavyweight and he's 36 now. Like that's yeah. probably it for him, honestly, unless he goes on another run. And again, outside I, I mean, I think that uh I think that Darren Till is going to insert himself up there and he's going to end up eventually surpassing Canneaire. Um I don't know, man, it sucks. Like I think if Cannonier would have fought at that that division, that weight class for his whole career, I think he would have developed a little bit more. I think what he is is a guy that had that crazy power um but it just didn't translate so much to the to the heavier divisions and then he moves down and now that power translates in a in a against smaller guys and it worked but um yeah against top tier talent that of guys that one izzy yeah he's not a wrestler but his counter striking is so unreal and his reach is so unreal that you're never gonna you're never gonna be able to get inside and land punches on him. And then you got Whitaker, who's gonna wrestle. He didn't wrestle much, but if he wanted to take you down, wrestle you, ground and pound, hold you there. Cannoneer did do a pretty good job getting up uh, throughout the fight when he was taken down, um, especially after the knockdown. But yeah, I was I was impressed with Cannoneer's heart. Like he showed he belonged there in that division in the top five right now. But at the end of the day. I, I just don't feel anyone's beating Izzy. I think that Izzy is just, he's that next level, man. And there's just, he's just not, no one is close to him when it comes to striking. I think the closest in striking is Darren Till, and that's not even, you know, Darren Till would would get destroyed by Izzy. Like, as far as they're, they're similar, similar fighters in their fight style, but, you know, if if Izzy is level ten in striking, Darren Till is level seven or eight. He's not ten, and uh, right. that's just a huge difference in the sport. So yeah, Izzy, I think I think Izzy's next step is honestly like I, I think that the Whitaker fight maybe it happens, but he at this point he's officially cleared out everyone in the division. It's it's take the John Jones fight. I mean that that's next for his legacy. I think, and I think if he loses the first John Jones fight, but it's close, I think we see an immediate rematch and we get a, a John Jones at Asanya two. Right away.
3: Yeah, I, I I'm just hoping they go Whitaker Izzy rematch just because I think that's just such a like a mega fight to have. So I think that will definitely happen. Um, I'm curious to hear what you think about. I remember I, I texted you after the Khabib Gaethje fight, and I was on the side that I thought Gaethje actually put in an, a very underwhelming performance. I thought uh, when you were watching the fight, he looked very like panicked and he didn't really know what to do. And I feel like. You know, you know what Khabib's going to do, so you kind of planned on that throughout the whole camp, but he didn't really look confident at all, and uh, you know, he even kind of got outstruck by Khabib because I think he was so scared, and then it just led to the eventual takedowns and then the ground and pound and the submission, so I don't know what you thought, if it was really just like an unbelievable Khabib performance or if you were a little underwhelmed by Gaethje as well.
1: Well, one... I'm not taking anything away from Khabib. Great performance. Um and that I honestly I feel like he pushed the pace more in that fight than I've ever seen him push the pace. Like he was on another level in that fight. Like as far as pushing the pace. But 100% agree Justin Gaethje was panicked from the second that I think it was Herzog said go fight. Yeah. Like he was on his horse the whole time. And it seemed like 3 minutes into that fight he was already sucking wind. Because and Khabib wasn't even breaking his sweat. I mean, Gaethje's running around; he's got sweat, you know, already glistening from the lights. And and Khabib is is fine. Um, and that that was pretty amazing to me. Um, but I would definitely say it was underwhelming by Gaethje. I think the leg kicks they were effective, but it's Khabib, and I didn't, you know, I didn't see uh, he wasn't showing. I mean, it was red, but he wasn't showing any showing any signs of slowing down. Um, and and Gaethje. The thing is, it, it took Gaethje really two rounds to get to get accustomed to Ferguson, right? Like it, he was still kind of kind of that that wild thrower in rounds one and two, and then he kind of settled in, and that's because Tony, the type of fighter that Tony is, he's a pure striker. Gaethje didn't have to worry about anything else, and with Khabib, Khabib didn't give him any time to think. He didn't give him any time to settle down. You know, Gaethje typically a slow starter. I feel like in a lot of his fights. And you can't be a slow starter against Khabib. You have to bring the fight to Khabib like you said. And he didn't do it. He didn't bring the fight to him. He was on his horse all time, running around. And then the shots that he was throwing were just blank shots. He wasn't even looking. He had his head down, throwing wild punches. I'm surprised that Khabib didn't throw some sort of an uppercut or, or knee or anything to to kind of to go against that. Because Justin just was just wildly throwing punches that didn't even look like they would hurt it just looked like he was doing arm circles at one point like it was very very odd um but yeah it was a hundred percent due to him being panicked and then you know I will say that fight was stopped late because Gaethje tapped three different times and uh you know normally I don't like to uh criticize too much and especially Jason Herzog who is an absolute I think he's the best ref it's it's between him and Mark Goddard for me I think those are the two best refs that the UFC has to offer and uh I was a little surprised by that but Yeah, I mean, definitely underwhelming. And what you know, we're gonna see Gaethje again. He's gonna fight for the belt. Um, Before we move to next week's, and I wanted to get this with David, but obviously he was in a rush. He had he has his own show that he has to do. Um, Who do you think fights for the belt next? Obviously Khabib's gone. I mean, I think Gaethje is definitely there. A lot of people are saying uh, Connor and Poirier. I hate that. There's no way Poirier, Poirier. Yes, no way Connor gets a title shot. That's ridiculous to me. But um, I think that it should be, in my opinion, it should be Gaethje Poirier. Only because of what Gaethje did to Ferguson, I would love to see a Gaethje Poirier too. Um, so that, that's my pick.
3: Man, that's, that's going to be really hard how this all plays out because, you know, Connor and Dustin are going to fight in January. And if Dustin loses that fight, you know, he's probably not going to get the title shot. Connor gets it. He may stick around a little longer than we thought or he might just leave. And then you have Tony. Who already fought Gaethje Hooker Who already lost to Poirier I honestly think the next guy up And I said this in a tweet yesterday Charles Oliveira Why doesn't he get the title shot He's been on like a seven fight win streak He just had a huge win over Kevin Lee Who was You know It's a tough ranked opponent Um, I think there's something there You know It's just uh, The competition's getting a little bit too We've been there We've seen that So I I don't know That might be my sneaky pick For the uh, The next guy up
1: I really like that. I, I How about we get a hangman versus Dubronx fight, winner of that fight, because Poirier and McGregor are going to fight. Let's say that fight's a war. Poirier ain't coming back for a while. So that right. you, that title they can't be held up, right? So we get a hangman versus Dubronx fight, winner of that fight fights Gaethje for the belt. That would be electric. And I think that because I think the, the hooker Oliveira fight is crazy because totally contrasting styles like totally right. different fighters um and i i mean we've talked about it before we are pro dubronx oliveira we love that man and he gets no respect um no i 100% agree and that, that gets me fired up thinking about it cuz i would love to see that and you know Gaethje wants to fight right away i think that's the that's the problem with him like i think he would agree to fight anyone like it doesn't have to be for the title he just be like yeah whatever i'll fight um and if if dubronx and and uh, hooker doesn't happen i would love to see Hooker versus Gaethje for the belt then. Um, But I think eventually Oliveira, I mean, people got to start respecting his name. It's all going to depend, like you said, on on McGregor and Poirier, what happens with that. And, um, you know, it depends. Like if Poirier comes out, puts on a performance, beats McGregor, no problem. He could probably make a quick turnaround. But he's also on the point of his career where he said he likes to have time off between fights. And we know Dana White is not a guy that likes to let the divisions hang in limbo. So... I think we're going to get an answer sooner rather than later.
3: Yeah, I agree. Uh, it stinks because, you know, Connor and Dustin, they tried to kind of make this a 2020 fight in November or December, and that might have worked for Gaethje. Um But the, t- the whole timing on it is going to mess everything up, so it's going to be a toss-up. And uh, I guess we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, those are kind of my big takeaways from, from 254.
1: Yeah, and uh, one more piece of news before we move to uh... – move to our picks and and reviewing the or previewing the next week's card our boy Slippery Pete he's got himself a fight he'll be fighting Chase Hooper which is pretty pretty awesome because Chase Hooper's had a lot of clout above his name because he you know he's he's kind of that that young super young kid made his UFC debut I think at like 20 years old or 21 years old but I love this fight for Slippery Pete because I think he matches up I think I'm taking him in this fight I mean. I think that uh, Hooper is just still so young, and Peter Barrett is so—he's a—he's the complete opposite. He's been around the block multiple times. The dude's fought forever, and uh, you know we saw Chase Hooper stand up is terrible. So I think if Slippery Pete can have a little bit of stand up success, I think that he—he he d- runs right through Chase Hooper, unless Chase Hooper has massively evolved since his last fight, which. Again, with him being so young, I don't think has happened.
3: You know what's interesting about that is, you know, we just saw Chase Hooper fight Alex Caceres. So Chase Hooper is like 21 years old, uh, huge up-and-comer, faces Alex Caceres, who's like a, you know, he's been around for a while. He's a veteran solid fighter, but he's nothing special. And he got handled pretty easily. And uh, that could be the same exact fate that he sees against someone like Slippery Pete. So that, and I bet Chase Hooper is going to open as a favorite too. So that's something to keep an eye on, because I think Slippery Pete is going to be a, a nice upset win right there. And that's going to be a big, you know, Chase Hooper has the name. If he gets that win, that's going to earn him some respect too. So that's huge for Slippery Pete. Speaking of uh,
1: betting lines, Leon Edwards opens up as the favorite against Kamzat. I think it's minus 175 too. That's absolutely ridiculous.
3: I So uh, you know what? I know you texted me and you said Hamrick, Hamzat. I actually think a ton of people are going to bet on Kamzat so all the money's going to go into there. The lines are going to shift and you're going to be able to get Leon at like a nice discount. And I still am not giving it to Hamzat just yet. Like that's still an insane jump to just beat the number 3 ranked fighter. So that one you got to keep an eye on for sure. That'll be very interesting.
1: Yeah, I agree. And then also our boy Eric Anders is uh, fighting in November, I believe. He took a fight on short notice um November 14th, he'll be filling in. So Another one of our boys, our our interviewees, are finally starting to get on some cards, and it's super exciting. Uh, again, shout out to Miranda Maverick on a on an impressive win. Did you see the nose on that chick?
3: Oh, dude, heard that. That elbow she landed was just devastating. That was bad. And she was pissed that they stopped the fight, but, like, th- that thing was bleeding.
1: Yeah, they Her couldn't. Bleed. That there was, was over. Yeah, there was no way they were stopping that. Like, they weren't stopping that. The, the bleeding just kept going and going and going. Yeah. Uh, basically, the second she sat on the stool, they were like, yeah, no, this is over. There's yeah, <laughs> This 100%. is not happening anymore. Um all right. So we, this week we have uh, UFC Fight Night: Uriah Hall versus Anderson Silva. We all know this is the last fight for the Spider, Anderson Silva. Um, to some, it's sad. For me, long overdue. Um, you know, I love Anderson Silva. You know, who who doesn't love Anderson Silva? Back in the day, he was the guy to watch. You know, he was like David said, he was the Adesanya of that time. Absolutely incredible. But it's been long overdue this retirement. I mean, I know he, I know he didn't get finished by Izzy, but I don't know, man. I feel like Izzy was just kind of like, listen, this is like this is like my favorite fighter of all time. like I'm not trying she to disrespect bad. this man. <laughs> so I really I really um, yeah I I, I don't put much stock into that. I, I don't see this fight going well, but we'll get to uh we'll get to that one. The first fight on the card is Bobby Green who's fighting again. I, I think that's four. In th- this year, it's four or five. It this year, he, he's fighting all the time. I think he's overtaken Brian Kelleher uh, for most fights in 2020. So he's fighting Tiago Moises. Um, I don't have any betting lines on this one yet. I don't know if you have it yet. Um, but Bobby Green is just a straight savage, dude. He's he's an oh yeah minus 300. Bobby Green is minus 300. Moises plus 250. Um, dude, Bobby Green is just super well rounded. He's kind of hit his stride this year. Um, you know, I feel like fighters that are fighting often they're it's, it's, it's almost like a, you practice, you practice, you practice. And then it's like, it, it comes natural to you. And I feel like he, the more he stays in the octagon, the better his fights have gotten. Um, you know, I think we're almost, uh, due to, uh, get another Lando Venata, Bobby green fight next year, because I think you, someone tweeted, I think you have to have one of those a year. Uh, <laughs> why not? Cause they're always great. Um, so, yeah, I'm going Bobby Green on this one, and I'm going to go uh, – I don't know where I put my pen, so that's always good. Uh, I'm going to go by uh, – I'm going to go decision. I feel like Bobby Green, he's got that knockout power and stuff, but he tends to get tired later in the rounds. Um, not to the point where he's, like, overly exhausted, but he stops – you know, he, he doesn't throw as much volume. I think that he's going to put a hurting on him early, but uh, I think that uh, Bobby Green gets it done by decision.
3: I believe this fight was booked earlier in the year. And then I think, you know, maybe COVID reasons happened and got rebooked. But uh, because I think I remember talking about this, but I I know Tiago Moises, he fought Michael Johnson in his last fight. And I remember watching that and he wasn't really doing that good, but he did end up catching him in a submission. Um, So he's a big BJJ guy. And then Bobby Green, you know, he's fought three times in 2020. He's won all of those against good competition you got clay guida a little bit older but then lando venada alan patrick in his last win which i thought was a a very tough opponent he looked great in that fight um so he's really turned a corner here in his career so if he wins this fight that's four in a row i don't know he's in the in the lightweight uh division as well so he might make a little run at the title too now that it's wide open um but i'm gonna take bobby green too and i'll i'll also go decision Carrie, get in here and make your picks. Give me give me TKO instead of decision. I feel like he's actually been landing a, a couple of bombs recently.
1: Yeah, he has. He's been uh he's been on fire. Um and again, his boxing is insane, but he's he's another like just seasoned veteran. I think what's he got? Thirty seven fights on his name? Oh yeah. Third thirty eight. Thirty eight. Thirty eight fights. fights. Um so yeah, he's he's absolutely insane. I don't know where Kerry is. He's here. I'm waiting for him to come in so he can make his pick. Since we're on the first fight, and he's being a turd nugget over there.
3: <laughs> well, um, do we want to keep going? And he plays catch up.
1: Sure, you can. You want to pre? Let's go eat every other one. I feel like I talk too much. You can preview the next one.
3: All right, this fight is um, an interesting fight. So your guy, Greg Hardy, makes his um, his return to the octagon against Maurice Green. Big Mo Green. Um, I'm not a big fan of Maurice Green. I've seen him fight a bunch of times. I really just don't think he really has enough. Um, Like His striking's not great. He gets taken down pretty easily. Um, So I'm really just not convinced on Maurice Green. Greg Hardy, on the other hand, he's actually had a very impressive start to his UFC career. Um, I know you're not a huge fan of him, but he started off as a power striker, and he's actually kind of turned a corner a little bit. He, He fights a lot more fundamentally I know he took a short notice fight against Volkov, and that was just kind of a levels type of thing. We knew that he wasn't ready for that type of competition, um, but I thought he actually held his own in that fight, and then he had a nice bounce-back win over Jorgen De Castro. So this is just two big heavyweights going at it. Um, like I said, I'm not a huge Maurice Green guy. In his last fight, I don't know if you remember it, but he was losing the whole fight, and he ended up getting that submission off his back in the third round it was a ridiculous way to win. So I'm not giving him too much stock there. So I have Greg Hardy and I'll go by TKO.
1: All right. I'm going Maurice green moving on. (laughs) 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 I I, listen. Anybody that listens to the show (laughs) knows I hate Greg Hardy. Um, I root for him to lose every single time. Um, I just, I have no respect for that guy at all. Um, yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I am not sold on Maurice Green either. Um, I feel like all his wins are just crazy sloppy. Um, he reminds me a lot of the – is it Juan Adams, the guy that uh, yes. Greg Hardy fought first? Like he reminds me so much of him. Like I believe they are they are very similar. Um, also kind of a little bit of a grudge to Maurice screen because I've reached out to him to come on the show. He's read the messages <laughs> and never replied. Um, that also bothers me. Just tell me no. And that's cool too. Um, I'd rather that. So I'm going to go Maurice green though. Uh, just cause on the sole fact that I hate Greg Hardy and I hope <laughs> I would love for Greg Hardy to get knocked out. But I think if Maurice green is going to win this fight, it's going to be by decision or submission, like some ridiculous submission again, like he did last time. Um, it's hard to believe this fight's going to go the distance cause it's heavyweights. I always feel that way. So um, I'm gonna go Maurice screen by submission, which doesn't happen too often with the heavyweights. But fingers crossed. And, and yeah, if I you pulled sub- it off, go ahead. Yeah, he pulled it off last time. It was in sloppy though.
3: One, yeah, it was. It was totally sloppy. He's, well, like, well, the, he's massive too. He's six seven. Like he's a giant.
1: Well, the the guy that he submitted last time, like he basically like choked the guy and put the guy's face in his stomach or something like yeah. that, and the guy tapped and here to find was so out tired,
3: the he was just laying down on top well, of him the,
1: the guy that tapped though apparently had like severe asthma issues in the past too so i mean like to me oh. to me like that's it makes it even less impressive i know i'm probably going to take and fall behind you more on your uh, on behind on the rankings here between our picks but i don't care i can't bring myself to pick greg hardy so,
0: so is that called that's a fair. submission by obesity <laughs> I guess
1: <laughs> Maurice Green. Also, his ESPN picture is terrible. He looks so sloppy yes. in this picture; like it's bad. But uh, yeah, Carrie, we made two picks. We made Bobby Green yeah, I
0: can't this find
1: one, thing. and we made the second
0: one. So you can make your Green and Green. Okay, okay. So you got you got Green and Moses. Yep, Tiago Moses. You know, it's close to Moses. You know, he might be the you know the the deliverer. But then you got mean green, um, so yeah, or gangrene, or, which isn't or good. Gangrene, <laughs> that's yeah, that's not good. Maybe Moses would be able to heal it. I don't know. Um, oof, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Moises to Moses the Mo- Moses, Moses the um, Moses. I'm gonna go submission. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Moses submission. I gotta ask, is it because he's Brazilian? I didn't even take notice. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just feel like
1: that would have been the, the take behind and that.
0: And we got another green, green with an E. Maurice Green. Okay, so he's he's safe for the safe for the environment fighting Greg Hardy the
1: woman beater. I
0: hate I, I don't like Hardy either, especially after the stunt with the with the inhaler. Oh yeah, that's another thing. That. Yeah.
1: That, that I forgot all about that. That adds on to why I hate Greg Hardy because of the freaking inhaler thing. Yeah. What made him think and Dean Thomas is in his corner. Dean Thomas is a legendary fighter and and a trainer who who thought that uh, that was okay to bring
3: an inhaler. That that added fuel to my fire of hate for Greg Hart. It might be the dumbest like move we've seen in a corner like ever. Like why yeah, ever why 100% was that ever even a thought process of anyone in mid fight when everyone's watching. That was when actually that was in Boston I actually saw that fight. But like everyone is watching you, like you're you're going to get caught. But they played it off very dumb. Oh,
1: Should have threw dumb. a tomato at Greg Hardy if you were
0: there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. So, you- so I'm going. I'm go- I was trying to send the link to my because uh, I, I can't. I couldn't find it. Um. I'm gonna go green with an ETKO.
1: Just because you hate Greg Hardy too. Yeah. Right? I yeah. I don't like Hardy. All right. I'll preview the next one. Then Steve, you got the one after that. All right. Yeah. Then we got. Hold on, here we go. Kevin Holland coming back again. So Kevin Holland back again. Man always fights as well. Love Kevin Holland. Uh, No odds on this one yet. Um, Versus Muradov. 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 Muhammad Muradov. We'll go with that. Um, So listen, I, I love Kevin Holland. His last fight was like a little sloppy. He didn't look great, but he got the win. Um, I think he's going to turn it around this fight. Um, I'm trying to look up Muradov's stats here, any any info about him. Um, I think Kevin Holland, he's just going to, you know, he's typically when he fights people, he's a better better striker. He's got a really big reach advantage, um, almost six-inch reach advantage. Uh, I'm going to go Kevin Holland. I'm going to go TKO.
3: Was it Who did Kevin Holland fight? Was it Darren Stewart that he almost lost to? It was like a pretty close back and forth.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, I don't, I think it was a split decision.
3: Yeah, I think so. And I remember, you know, he looked great in that fight, too. Like, he always does well striking, but Darren Stewart actually kind of found his groove in that. Um, And this Muradov guy, so he's only 2-0 in the UFC, but he has, you know, 30 pro fights on record, so the dude has a ton of experience. Um, Huge knockout artist, 16 of 24 wins by TKO or knockout. Um, And then he has three submission wins, too, so pretty well-rounded. Seems to be kind of like a high-volume striker. Um, I was watching like a random clip of his on ESPN, and he threw a, a jumping leg kick, and he landed it clean on the chin. And I was like, all right, so this guy's pretty creative striker as well, similar to Kevin Holland. So I'm actually going to take a shot at the underdog here, and I'll go with Muradov by TKO.
1: You're really good at this research stuff. <laughs> Karen, I, I actually just talked about how when I was in school, I didn't, we didn't study or didn't do anything. And so you are, you translating into real life now. Yes. I should do more research.
3: It um, takes a while. I'm not going to lie. It's, uh, it's not actually too fun. It's actually like deep diving and it actually takes like an hour or so. It kind of, it's, it's good though. It makes, uh, intelligent picks. I'll say.
1: Yeah. And that would, that would explain why you're
0: in first place. <laughs> Hey, man, hard work pays off. Um, we got Holland and Muradov. Uh, as you know from my background, I'm, I'm Dutch. You know, it's Holland the Netherlands. German. German, and I'm Dutch and Deutsch, mm. actually. Um, but little known fact here, Muradov, the surname uh, in Uzbekistanian, means the murderer. So I just feel like he might come out on top here with a TKO. I'm going to go knockout. I'm going to go Muradov knockout.
1: I'm pretty sure you made that up. Nice.
0: Listen, don't give away <laughs> the magic. <laughs> also, did any scary carries hit last week?
1: I don't. Let me look at the. I don't know who you yeah, picked
3: last uh, week. I forget. I think I lost mine. To be honest. Uh. Yeah, you had
1: Malkoon, He picked Hawes. That's
3: Ooh. brutal. So that's and three had, weeks in a row for me.
1: Yeah, and I had Whitaker, who won, so I didn't have to worry about it. So now you have right, to wear right. it for two more two more shows.
0: Wait, huh? Whitaker won. So okay, he, so yeah, Steve but... lost the,
1: the scary carry. Well, no, he. Well, that was scary. Oh yes, sorry. Yeah. Wait, no. Yeah. Who, I lost who? mine. Yes, you lost yours. I had the hauls. You guys both had Malcoon, and that was a scary carry for me. I had Whitaker. You had Whitaker. Steve had Cannoneer. Okay. You silly Steve. Oh, man, <laughs> Steve's gonna be wearing a wig for a long time. You should have worn it today with David. What do you think you would have said? <laughs> <laughs> signed off immediately (laughs) (laughs) did you make oh yeah you picked Murdoff. all right we get to the co-main steve take it away battle of the nicknames here thug nasty andre touchy feely
3: absolutely honestly this is the fight of the night like you're you're obviously everyone loves anderson silva and uriah hall's a big name too but you're coming to watch the co-main event
1: 100 might
3: he might be the like the hottest actual like top prospect in the ufc right now like he's gone out there and he just fought Charles Rosa, who's like an amazing, amazing uh, grappler, submission artist, and he just destroyed him the whole time. He had him in control the whole time on the ground. His uh, BJJ game is on a whole nother level. He's a super young guy. I think he's only like 26 years old, uh, 13-1 and pro record. But then uh, Andre Feely, I feel like I've seen him fight a good amount of times, and he's one of those guys who his record's like, not great. He's only 9-6 and six in the UFC. Um, and he has a very up and down win-loss, win-loss type of career. But when you watch him fight and he wins, he's a very solid, well-rounded fighter. Um, so I think he has a pretty solid ground game, but is also his striking's really good. And he's going to have a four-inch reach advantage. So I think this is going to make for a very interesting fight to watch. Because I think even if it goes to the ground, I don't think you can count Andre Fili out just yet. So uh, it's it's kind of hard for me to pick against Bryce Mitchell just based off what I've seen. But I do believe if Andre Feely brings his A-game, he can he can get this done. So I'm going to go with him by decision.
1: Damn you. I was I was thinking you were going to take Bryce Mitchell. Listen, Bryce Mitchell twisters everybody. Twisters everyone. He's got a badass nickname and Thug Nasty. But I've always been an Andre Touchy Feely fan. He is a super veteran. For a guy that's only 30, he's fought so many times. And just to give you an insight on his losses, so – Sadiq Yusuf is probably his worst loss because Youssef is still a prospect. But Youssef is, like I said, a top prospect. Like, you know, a lot of, like a lot of people really like him. So that, there was that loss. He lost by decision. He lost a split decision to Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson, again, super veteran. He's lost to Calvin Cater. We all know where Calvin Cater stands. So potential title shot. And then Yair Rodriguez another one another another stud um and then he's got he lost to max holloway okay so he's fought everyone like he's literally fought everyone he's got some really big wins his last fight was a split decision win over charles jordan um i love andre feely i think that his experience against all those top guys is really going to play a factor into this fight and again i love bryce mitchell like it's really tough to pick against him but um I think that Feely, he's he's very overlooked. A lot of people do not give him enough credit, um, and I think a lot of it is because of his record, like you stated. But he is he's an amazing fighter. He's very very well rounded. He's he's strikes very well. His uh, he doesn't really wrestle too much, but his takedown defense is very good. Um, and Bryce Mitchell has to get this fight to the ground to win the fight. I mean that's I think it's no secret. Like he can take a punch, he can strike, but his way to win is by submission on the ground um and andre feely is a good bjj fighter and i think that in the end he's gonna play uh this is a good matchup for him i think that this is a fight that can finally put some respect on andre feely's name and i'm gonna go andre feely and i'm gonna go out on a limb i'm gonna go tko here
3: let's go andre feely
0: you know back in high school baseball i had an assistant coach with the last name mitchell he was a nice guy i got along with him really well and touchy feely is a fantastic nickname. That is that that's something that I don't even know if I would have came up with that. So I think that's great. And and looking at the guy, he looks like he can take pain very well because he's tatted from his toes to his nose. So, but I think what's going to happen here is I, I think they're going to grind it out, and I think Mitchell's going to c- 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 come out on top. <laughs> Bit of a right stutter. There. Yeah,
1: I'll yeah. have to show you. You don't know what a twister is, but he's like. People have thought about switching his nickname to uh, to Twister because so he's I think there's only been like four Twister submissions or something like that in UFC history and he has three of them or there's five he has like three quarters of the Twister Twister submission wins and it's like this crazy you have to be ridiculously strong and just have like this weird grip to get it it's like you twist this guy's body so much that they tap mm. um, I'll have to show you a video later but is he from Kansas? Uh, I think he's from Arkansas or something like that.
3: Yeah, somewhere like in the like the that great could be Plains Twister area. Country too. I think.
1: Yeah. So Thug Nasty though, he's uh, he's it's that's gonna be a great fight. 100% gonna be fight of the night. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I
0: think what I'll just do is, oh, I'll just make that double? the double 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 scary carry. I
1: like that. That's I think that a that's fight. a yeah that that's a, gonna be a s- ridiculous fight. And then we move to the main event. Um, you got Uriah Hall versus Anderson Silva. This is Anderson Silva's last fight in the UFC. He's calling it a career, as I said before. Way too late. He should have called it a career about five years ago. Um, he just you know he had I don't I don't what's his record lately. I know Steve, you typically have the stuff up, but I I was Anderson looking. I know Silva, he's got a ton of losses lately.
3: He is one in six in his last seven, and then his sixteen fight win streak was before that. So it's just recent, not good.
1: Yeah, and I mean that's what happened. Dude's forty three years old. Like that's I mean at forty three, I would I would think. I mean he still looks he still looks to be in good shape. His striking is still there. He just doesn't possess the power that he used to. You know he's he's just that's just not there anymore. Obviously, you look at the pictures. Uriah Hall is an absolute animal. He comes in shorter and at a at a reach disadvantage, or actually has the reach advantage. But um, Uriah Hall is just Uriah Hall was the upcoming prospect Anderson Silva for a while. Like he was the guy that people were like, this guy is the next Anderson Silva. Obviously he kind of went on a downward slope a little bit, but Uriah Hall's a scary man. Dude has possesses ridiculous power. Um, I'm a big fan. I've loved Uriah Hall for a while. His record has really been depleted lately at 16 and nine. Um, Again, he has struggled in recently. Um, What's, what's his record been like over the last few
3: uh, he's on a two-fight win streak, but I think before that he had a uh, two or three losses or something.
1: Yeah, I mean Ultimate Fighter alum. His last couple of fights were Antonio Carlos Junior, split decision, and Bevan Lewis. He knocked him out. He lost to Paolo Costa, Gregor Musasi, Derek Brunson, Rob Whitaker. I mean, those again. Those are guy. Those guys are top-notch guys. Yeah. Um, and at this point, Anderson Silva is not anywhere near those levels. Uriah Hall is just a guy that's still. He's just got more, he just got more, uh, more thump behind him at this point. I'm going Uriah Hall, and I'm going to go by knockout. I, I hate, I hate to say it because it's it's Anderson Silva's last fight. I would at least want it to go and be a decision loss. I don't want to see Silva get knocked out on his swan song night. But I think it's going to happen, man. And if it doesn't happen, it's going to be like a decision. But I don't, I don't see it going the distance. One five rounds. I think past the third round. I think it's going to be it'll be both those guys will be gassed and i just i don't see anderson silva's chin holding up against someone with that power i know he didn't get knocked out by izzy but again as i said before i just i don't put a lot of stock into that i feel like izzy was just kind of like listen man this guy is my idol i'm not trying to embarrass him on the stage i'll just pick him apart a little bit do a little you know stuff and get the quick win and you know maybe that's dumb of me to think that but i don't put too much stock in that fight for silva
3: yeah this is um I think this is going to be a sad fight to watch, to be honest, because I, everyone, you know, he already announced that Silva, this is going to be his retirement after this. So obviously everyone wants him to win right out into the sunset with a win. Um, but yeah, when we saw him fight against Izzy, he really just didn't do anything special. He may have landed a few good shots, but the whole time, you know, he's just kind of slow at this point. Like you said, he doesn't really have the power. Um, then he goes against Cannon Air in his next fight. He gets knocked out round one. Granted, you know, Cannon Air has unbelievable strength, but I don't know. Uriah Hall is also a knockout artist. 12 of 16 wins by TKO. He's going to have the reach advantage. Um, I don't know. It's almost like a 10-year age difference at this point. It's It's just hard to pick for Anderson Silva in this fight as much as, like, people want to see him win. Um, and I, I don't think I can do it. I think I got to go Uriah Hall. T- uh, decision. I'll go Decision.
1: You don't want it to be that sad. <laughs>
0: it's gonna yeah, be sad, yeah, but you don't yeah. want it to be like, that sad.
3: Decisions, okay.
0: Um, you know Silva looks a lot like the actor Lance Reddick. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Fringe, no. um, but he plays like a like a badass like special unit FBI like head honcho, and then he's also the voice of the Commander Zavala. Oh my god, I just hit puberty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the uh, the voice of Commander Zavala in in Destiny. Who's another badass character, so... Uh, But I think, you know, he's just... He's just old bones, man. Look at him. Like, look at him in the
1: picture. Like, he just Uh, looks... And it's so sad, because I guess that's always kind of been his body type, but him compared to Uriah
0: Hall, he just looks fragile. Yeah. Yeah, no, old bones here. I think Hall's going to make Silva fall, and uh, so I'm I'm going Hall TKO.
1: And also, we saw a big decline in Silva after he got popped and pissed hot, too, which... You know, is yep. is a kind of a big question mark? And that's when we were talking about goats. I know John Jones has pissed hot before, but he's put on shows after that and before. You know what I mean? Like where Anderson Silva, ever since he's you know come back from his suspension, hasn't looked great. So you know that's when you put that asterisk next to his name. It's one thing if a guy like is on the roids or whatever, and then he still goes on the run after, like Overeem. One he never he never tested positive, but you can't tell me Alistair Overeem wasn't on roids. Look at Overeem 10 years ago versus now. Holy God, he looks like a shell of himself. It's insane. Um, and But he's still putting on great performances. Uh, so I think that's, that's uh, another wh- reason why I kind of had that asterisk next to um, his name. And Overeem, I, one other thing that we got to debate one time, who are the greatest, and we don't have to do it today, greatest fighters to never hold a belt? I mean, you got Cowboy, you got Overeem. That's pretty, pretty crazy yeah. to think that
3: Uriah Faber I think is thrown in there. A lot of people say his name. Um, yeah, no, that, I think we could come up with a, a nice list for that. We should totally do that. One hundred percent. That's gonna do it for the show. What, do you
0: think? Do you think Uriah Faber has a strong chin? <laughs> he <laughs> looks,
1: or is that a weak point? What do you? Because of his chin? Yeah, uh, his chin is massive. He looks like <laughs> Crimson. What was that show? Was it Crimson oh my, Chin? That's a that, uh, fairly, no, t- fairly odd parents. Oh, I was thinking yeah. of the tick. Oh, but no. Yeah, he yeah. does. Uh, he's got a strong chin for the most part throughout his career. I was I was just curious. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: he does. I'm surprised. I forgot you knew who Uriah Faber was.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know a little bit of, about a little. Andrew li- Silva was
1: you ba- someone you knew?
0: Yeah, yeah. I knew Silva. I remember like, from back when I was in high school, um, like fighters during that time, I, I can remember. Liddell. uh You know, people that fought during that time. But anyway, we'll take us on out. Ladies and gentlemen, the Coffee and K.O. crew has called an end to this episode, declaring
3: the winners, biasing
0: the fans. Hey, thanks again for listening, guys. If you like what you heard, you can find us on any major podcast platform. We are Coffee and K.O.s. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Coffee and KOs one And we'll see you next week.